Good morning. Good morning. Waking with the Stop. word. the day in the word. Give yourself a shake and grab yourself a coffee. And a cup of tea. Waking, Waking with the word. Good morning, welcome to Waking with the Word. We are in part 15 of Finding the Kingdom of Heaven after Easter. Walking with God needs discipline. Discipline is not always wanted. Discipline is not always easy. Discipline is not ever really fun. But to walk with God requires discipline. God's discipline is so good for me. The Bible says that although it seems hurtful at the time, God only disciplines those he loves and people who are his children. When I'm God's child, Jesus said that his sheep know his voice. I have found times in my life when God has disciplined me and I've not realised it was God. I've not realised it was discipline. I've never realised it was good. But the emphasis on this scripture is the last part, not the beginning. God disciplines those he loves. How wonderful it is to be loved by God. How incredible it is to be his child. To be adored and cherished, protected, wanted, desired by him. I have no words to say how grateful I am and how marvellous it is and how wonderful it is and how precious it is that my God loves me. When I have chosen to walk through valleys thinking that they were rooms or, or corridors full of diamonds and jewels leading me to some emerald city that was beautiful and amazing only to find, that they were dark tunnels that held no treasure. When I have chosen that way, although it is dark and dirty, and although I've glorified in things that he knew were no good for me, were not even good enough for me, he came with me. No, he wasn't happy, no. He never wanted me to stay there, but if I was going to walk that way, then he was going to walk with me. Walk, take me through, not keep me in. And if my heart would listen to him, then he would bring me gently, but firmly, to the place where I will hear, where I will listen, because I want to. Because I've learned that that way which I was going was no man's way was the way that no man or woman should go because he has more for me and he loves me more than that. There is a story in Luke about a prodigal son who leaves his father and attaches himself to a citizen of another country. Another country, not a citizen of the country from which this boy was from. This boy had lived on a farm with his father who had provided all the boy needed but also given the boy a purpose and a job to do on that farm. But the boy asks for everything that he rightfully deserves, his inheritance, and travels to attach himself to someone not 
of that country. It says that after a long while or a little while there was a famine and this boy finds himself alone, for the person of the other country had no care for him. He finds himself feeding pigs. Pigs were unholy animals to Jewish boys and girls. And worse than that, he didn't only sit with the unholy, but he was so hungry because no one gave him anything. He ate the pig food. He ended up eating that which was only given to the unclean animals of his day. The Bible says this is an unholy place, not so much because he's disobeyed, but because it was a place of less than his worth. This boy was worth so much more than pig food. And he comes to himself. He realised, in my father's house, even the servants have more than enough. I will go to my father and I will say, I'm not worthy to be your child, to be your son, but make me your slave and I will obey you. This is like the Christian or the person who says, oh God, I'm so not worthy, but I will just obey you and be your slave. The father said, no, you're my son. You see, no matter what we've done, it does not take away who we are. We're his children. But the son came home and the son realised that which I have been is less than my worth. The person I was attached to did never deserve me, was not good for me, was of a different country, a different mindset, a different desire, a different heart. They didn't cherish me. They didn't value me. They didn't respect me. What went on in that relationship was not love. It was not kindness. And now I want to obey you, my father, for you love me, for you show me a better way. In the Psalms it says that God comes along and when we're on one path, he shows us a better way. That's what the Hebrew says. God's discipline is educational correction. He comes to talk to us. Let no one tell you that God's discipline is smashing and hard and horrible and hurtful. Oh yes, it's painful, but it's incredibly loving. And it's always with a purpose and an aim. And it's never stronger than what we need to break down our thought pattern, our habitual desires, our, our habits of looking our way, thinking our way, not seeing, not waiting, not caring what he has to say. If I genuinely care what my father has to say before I move, I will seek, I will listen, and I will hear. And if he says nothing, I will do nothing. Jesus said, I only do what I hear or see my father doing. Jesus got up every morning when it was still dark, it says in the Bible. He left the house, he went to a lonely place, and there he prayed. And praying is not just speaking or telling God what I feel, what I want, what I need. It's not just worshiping and adoring him or praising him. Praying is listening. Praying is having a two-way relationship where you say, Father, what do you want to say to me today? This is so dynamic. 
I've talked very much in this series about how the disciples changed. The disciples wanted to know what God had to say now. They were not so concerned with his doing on earth as who he was in heaven and who he was going to be for them spiritually. Yes, of course this affects earth, but when Jesus said pray that heaven would come to earth, that God's will would be done on earth, that God's kingdom would come on earth, they realised that the most important thing was the Lord of heaven and earth being Lord of their lives. Let me say it again, they realised that the most important thing was the Lord of heaven and earth being Lord of their lives. And one more time, they realised that the most important thing was the Lord of heaven and earth being Lord of their lives. I want to go his way and I want to go with him. But I'm human. And I want that relationship restored where I naturally hear his voice, know what he's saying to me, where he becomes so precious to me like I am to him, where I love him for he first loved me, where I will get up and stop before moving on with my day, where I will wait when I don't know what he has to say, where I will trust that I can be patient and let him hold the situation in his hands, where I can lay down and sleep instead of being anxious, for I know that he takes care of me. When there's an impossible situation, I know it may not be my answer, it may not be my way, it will be his, and that's a better way. Where I'm going one way and I hear his voice say, no, 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 look at this. Where I will choose what he says, even when what I think is what I think I want and I think it's better. Where I will prefer him and agape him, for he is so good, so wonderful, he's my God. Where I will put myself in a situation and the circumstance where I need a miracle, because he's led me that way. And where I will remember that he never leads me anywhere that he's not going to undertake for me. And when I see no way, I realise he is the way, he is the truth, he is the light. Where I'm content to have him, for when I have him, I have everything. And full assurance that I will not starve, that I will not be lonely. Even when there's no one around me, or I'm in a crowd who don't know me or treat me badly, I have him, my comforter, my consolation my strength, my power, my provider, my deliverer, my protector. A deep relationship is actually born out of hardship. It's true, as we grow together, as we learn together, and we, as we fight through the battles of life together, we become one, we begin to know each other. As we mix together, we learn what it is to compromise and what love really is. At the moment, I'm staying at one of my venues. One of my staff members has a little girl called Rebecca. This little seven-year-old has not been out since January. 
Before this person was my staff member, they were employed by someone who treated them very badly. God has led me and enabled me to release them from this circumstance and bring them out of what really is modern day slavery into a life of purpose, of abundance, of joy. This little girl looks white. She hasn't been out of the house for about four months. And yet, when I have arrived to begin the process of secretly freeing them from this circumstance, she opened my case and started putting my clothes away. I said, what are you doing? Sit on the bed, she said in Romanian. I will look after you. One by one, she took out my jumpers, my trousers, and even my underwear, telling me the names for them in Romania, Romanian and teaching me how to fold them. Then she found different places in the wardrobe for them, telling me where the things were and that I had a home, that I was not to travel around anymore, that she wanted to make me a home and make me okay. This incredible little child took out the vitamins from my case that I take every day, gave me them one by one with a flu tablet <laughs> and said to me, I don't want you to catch this virus. At the moment we are in April 2020, living through the coronavirus pandemic. This child, who is lacking vitamin D, whose family has struggled so much, and who I have come to help, cared for me. She made me sit and take a number of vitamins with a vitamin drink, emptied my whole suitcase, told me to go into the bathroom, close my eyes, then came and led me out to show me the room organized, all the food I have put in the kitchen cupboards and said, surprise, and now I will make your bed. I argued with her, but she was having none of it. I love you, she said. She preferred to look after me, even though I was the older person, even though I'd come to help them. This little child has such incredible care and love. And the joy she got from serving me was a joy that I couldn't take away. So I sat and I let that little girl fold my clothes, teach me the Romanian words, give me so many vitamins I thought I would throw up. And I thought, this is agape. This is preferring someone else, even though she is the one who so needs to be loved. The other day, I had a headache and I was sitting working and she came in, she sits with me and she said to me, you have a headache. I said, a very small headache. So she began 
a routine throughout that day, even when the headache was gone, of giving me raw sweet potato that she found in the cupboard and chopped up with vitamin tablets, a vitamin drink, crunchy chocolate bar. She would put the chocolate bar in my mouth and make me drink coffee that she'd made for me with lukewarm water. Coffee in a normal sized cup that she had made with two heaped teaspoons of coffee and milk. The routine was like this. Sweet potato in my mouth, followed by a bit of crunchy chocolate that she had cut up, followed by a sip of coffee. <laughs> then she said, swallow, is it nice? I looked at her and said, yes, it's lovely. Then she would get out an ice pack she put in the freezer in the fridge and put it all around my face and say, you feel better? I said, yes, I feel better. She put headphones in my ears and put on the sound of a hairdresser, a hairdryer from YouTube and played it in my ears for 10 minutes. She's only seven. You know, she really just wanted to make me better. She didn't realize that actually she was giving me raw sweet potato <laughs> and the coffee she made was so strong. But I smiled at her and I said, thank you so much because I saw her heart. And it's a funny story. And the things that we have done together are so funny. If you look back on our Facebook page a few days ago, you will see her jumping on a bed in my apartment. The venue here has studio apartments and I'm staying in one and her family live downstairs in another. But very soon I'm moving them to their very own house. I have such joy in being able to do this. Everything along the way has been an absolute miracle that God has done as he has led me. But do you know, this dear little girl, she didn't know what to do, but she did her best and I saw her heart. And some of you would say, oh my goodness, she's making a mess. I wouldn't put up with that. But no, she was loving me. And sometimes in our lives, we think we're doing good. And God can see, now we're making a mess. And we, we're really trying hard, but God can see, no, you don't understand. Now, God will be lenient with us. And God understands when we're trying. But God also, as we grow up with him, wants to talk to us and tell us a better way. Rebecca is only seven, but as she grows up, she will learn what flu tablets really are, what sweet potato is, what these vitamins are, and she'll learn how to really help someone with a headache. I believe that little girl will be a carer or a nurse or something like that for the love and care that she pours out to others is incredible. And she gets such joy by doing it. If she sees me carrying my bag, she won't let me. She carries it for me. And she just loves to do it. But as she grows up, she will learn how to care properly. If she listens. And as we grow up in God, we learn how to serve others and serve him properly. But the first thing we must learn 
is to listen. Or we will live our lives out spiritually, having a very good heart and doing our very best, but never doing it his way. Never with that magic and that shine that is just him. We can follow the rules that others have passed down to us, but we're never going to know exactly what is needed and wanted in that circumstance. That thing that only God can tell us that person needs. That precious word in season that only God can give us to give to others. That answer for our own lives that we didn't even realise we needed. There is so much that only God can teach me. And so much in my life that only God can make sense of. And life is not always easy as the dear disciples found out, as Mary found out. But Mary, as I said before, had an internal need that she didn't even know she had until he said, don't hold on to me. Mary, you have held on to earthly things and earthly people. And Peter, you have held on to your passion and getting it done and getting it done now. And John, John, you have loved me and been faithful to me. The men on the Emmaus Road, you've tried to work it out and talk it through and make sense of it. Thomas, you've looked with your own eyes and you've seen things happen and you know, you know, that you'd rather go on what you can see and feel and touch and measure than on what God has done, unless you have solid evidence. But I, as God, I want to teach you to listen to that which has not happened yet, but will. To hear that which you can't see, but is so much better for you. I want you to look with eyes that are not earthly. I want you to hear with ears that hear the spiritual. For it's my word that will stand and will continue even when the mountains fall into the sea. My word will remain. It's my word that created the earth. It's my power that sustains you. The one thing you can trust is what I say. Do not be afraid, for I tell you the truth. But for me to have this relationship, even if my heart says a certain thing and I think it's okay, I have to bow the knee like the prodigal son. And I have to say, Father, I'm willing to obey you like a servant. For I know who you are now and I know what you give now and I know what you do now. No matter what any circumstance tells me and I trust you and I will listen to you and I will discipline myself. Not now because you have to discipline me to do it, but because I will take control of me and discipline myself to listen. Because I, Agape, you. The disciples after Easter disciplined themselves to listen, to wait and to want what he wanted for them more than they wanted him to work on earth and do what they thought he needed to do. They waited in that upper room 
for the power that he had promised. And they heard that this power was different to what they had expected, but they wanted it because he wanted it for them. And finally, Peter agapeed him and waited for him and preferred his way. And finally, Mary did not hold on to men on earth, but held on to God, the spirit of God. Not something she could be attached to, but someone that she could obey and trust. Obedience and trust are not things I can touch. They're not things I can feel. She had spent her life feeling Thomas. Thomas, he now trusted the spiritual evidence more than what he saw on earth. He knew that he could see someone die, but Jesus can rise from the dead. He can do the impossible. It doesn't matter what has happened on earth. Nothing stops the power of God. The men on the Emmaus Road, they didn't talk so much. They didn't debate the scriptures so much. Because it didn't matter their talking and their opinions and what was being preached at the local synagogue. It mattered what the Holy Spirit revealed to them through the word. But it was him, his power, a relationship with him, hearing his voice, listening to him. For it was only when Jesus enlightened their heart that the scriptures became alive and burned within them. Does it burn within you? How much do you want that? How much are you willing to wait to hear him? To make him know that you will discipline your heart so you can obey, so you can hear, so you can have this relationship. Jesus said to Peter, you used to go the way you wanted to go, but there'll come a day when they will bind your hands and tie your feet and take you where you don't want to go. And Jesus was prophesying Peter's death. But the reason Peter went through that death was because he had started to obey the spirit of God. What Jesus was actually prophesying was this, Peter, you used to do it your way, but now you do it mine. And although it may hurt, you'll obey me because you know the way I lead you is far better, even when it hurts. It creates greater things and you will have me with you to comfort you. The power of God in the inside. So in a dire circumstance, you will have me. My grace is sufficient for you and you will be okay. You will know me and that joy will bubble up within you and oh my word, that peace. There's no words. There's no words. He doesn't always make it easy, but my goodness me, when we discipline ourselves, oh, there's nothing, nothing, nothing like knowing Jesus. I want this for you. He wants this for you. As I said, we must die, but then we die only to live and to live in a way I've never lived before. The more I know him, the more I love him. He is wonderful. He is wonderful. And when I see how much he has been lenient with me, even though I knew my intentions and my heart were good and right, and he saw that. When I realise as he speaks to me the mess I have made, and I think, oh 
God, you've been so good to me. You have been so good to me, protecting me from shame, providing for me, loving me, delivering me, undertaking for me. Oh, I just have no words. Peter once tried to fight when they came against Jesus. But Jesus said, now, Peter, you'll let them tie you up. You'll let them lead you away you don't want to go. For you know I go with you. You know I brought you to this place. You know you'll be coming home to me. You know the most important thing is following me, being with me. You know you have more than what they have and you want to show them there's more to life than what you've got. Because there's nothing like knowing Jesus. Nothing. I want the discipline of God in my life. I want to hear him. I want to know what he has to say. And I want to be able to tell when he's disciplining me. Nowadays he speaks to me before he has to just intervene and discipline me. Because I will discipline myself to listen. And I will discipline myself to spend time with him. If I want true power, I need to seek his face and wait for him like the disciples did. And the most important thing for me must be what he wants and who he is and that relationship with him. I will speak to you tomorrow. All of my love. God bless. If you would like to support our work, you can find details at info at comebacktogod.org.